Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The Sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome to The Sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman, joined as always by Max Olson. I cover Nebraska football for The Athletic. Max covers college football nationally for The Athletic. I am with Nebraska. This is Season 1, Episode 4. We are getting ready to hit the road for Week 2, both Max and I. I'll be heading out to the mountains on Friday to see Nebraska visit Colorado with, oh, 100,000 or so Cornhusker fans, give or take a few. Max is boarding a plane for the East Coast. I hope you are okay and not impacted by any kind of hurricane activity out there as you go to Clemson, which is hosting Texas A&M. How much are you looking forward to seeing Trevor Lawrence and company this weekend, Max? You know, no, I'm I'm glad you bring up the hurricane thing because I actually had not even, that had not dawned on, how did, how did that not dawned on me that that could screw up my travel plans here? Yeah, that's... uh. That's gonna be interesting. I, I'm excited. I covered that game last year in College Station, and it was a, a four quarter thriller. Um, obviously, that Clemson team is a little different. They needed Kelly Bryant to win the game for them. Um, some of those guys had not really broken out yet. A little bit different team. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if if Kellen Mon and Jim Fisher and those guys can make this one uh, a close one. And uh, certainly, we'll be keeping an eye on uh, the Texas LSU game, which I think should be a lot of fun. But uh, boy, Nebraska's got one of the better ones this week. I think. Yeah, this is it's one of the more intriguing games nationally. I think just because of what happened in week 1 and the Nebraska struggled and you know, I had I had I felt pretty solid about about uh you know, my prediction for this game through the off season and and we'll get to that later in the show, but I'm I'm wavering more now as uh, mm-hmm. as this game gets close and I think that's been that's been been reflected across the country by what other other pundits have thought of this game. You've seen the the point spread go down under a under a score, so uh, it'll be interesting. And, and you know, such a subplot in this Nebraska game uh, at Colorado is is the uh, you know the potential hostilities awaiting the Huskers and their fans in Boulder. There's been a lot of talk, primarily from the Nebraska side, but as the week has gone on, there's been been some talk from from CU folks too about. Um, basically about how Nebraska felt uh, that its quarterback, Adrian Martinez was injured in the game last year. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have, I will say when the two teams are on the field during warmups on Saturday, um, I will have my eye closely on the center of the field much more so than I do for say a Nebraska South Alabama game or a Nebraska Northern Illinois game. Like we're going to get next week in Lincoln on Saturday night. I mean, do you have the, do you have the, a sense at all just that, that things either in the stands or on the field could, could get a little uh, raucous in Boulder? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like in, in some ways Colorado's kind of like been bracing for this for months and, and trying to, you know, uh, urge their fans to, Hey, please, please hold on to your tickets and come to this game. And um, I, I, I'm excited to see the, you know, kind of how these, these folks mingle. Um, I, but that's, Honestly, like that's that's the fun of this, right? Like that's the fun of having these rivalries. In some ways, it's, it's something that I kind of miss about um, you know now that Nebraska is in the Big Ten that you don't have those kind of those long term relationships that like have a lot of ups and downs and and kind of bad blood and all that. So um, in some ways, it's it's in, in some ways like I'm kind of excited about it. Like, what are your uh, now? You know, 
I actually never got to cover a Nebraska game in Boulder um, when I was when I was covering the team. What do you have any good memories from your uh, your trips out there? Yeah, you know, lots of Thanksgivings getting on getting on a flight after eating a big meal and and uh, getting to Boulder on a night when things were shut down and then the the, the cool mountain air. I mean, lots of good games. We found out uh, that Tiger Woods had been in a car accident um, one one Black Friday in the morning. I remember that. Walking the sure. sideline at, at Colorado, that that memory sticks out to me. Um, a lot of memories of of Nebraska scoring on the first play of the game. I think that happened three times in this series uh, when Nebraska was a was a national power. I can I can still kind of see Amon Green streaking down that sideline opposite the press box at, at Folsom Field. Um, I think he went fifty seven yards, uh, basically untouched on the first play one year. So those kind of things set the tone. I, I always try to stay off the field. When uh, when Ralphie is is let loose, so um, I will I will remember that. I, I know Mel Tucker, the Colorado coach, said Ralphie's going to run with a little more fire on uh, on Saturday, and 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 I'm not mm-hmm. sure what he has to compare that to, since there has not been a home game yet in the in the Mel Tucker era. We'll have to find out if if Ralphie was was allowed um, in Denver for the the neutral site game last this week. Is, I'm this not, is part of having a new coach, man. You got to get everybody aligned around the vision. Yes. I don't, know? I don't know. I don't know Ralphie's whereabouts for the, for the, the CU opener last week, but, um, I, I'm lots of good memories. I mean, most more good than bad. I, I you know, not being in the stands, I, I never had the experience that I think a lot of Nebraska people who went to, to Boulder had in, in getting yelled at and having things thrown on them and, and, uh, uh, cups thrown at them and things like that. So um, I, I, I've always enjoyed the press box out there, and Dave Platy is a great host. So um, what what are, what are you? What's one thing, Max, that you know you're looking for from this game on, on either side as a as a key indicator? Well, yeah. First of all, I just hope all the fans can can hug it out in the end. I'm I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure the the trash talk will be awesome, but uh, hopefully things don't get too bad. But I, you know, I don't know. I think the big the big thing you're concerned about is after such, um, I think, so, like I said, such an extreme performance. I think in that season opener, um, where where the offense is uh, plays a lot worse than you think it, it it typically will, and the defense plays maybe a lot better than you think it typically will. Um, you kind of, you're curious to see kind of where's the consistency level of this team. Um, are they ready to play a four quarter game where they play like a pretty consistent effort throughout? Um, or is this going to be kind of a rocky game with a lot of lead changes, um, you know, that comes down to uh, a, a, you know, one final drive or kick or something like that. And certainly you're, you're very curious if it comes down to one final kick for Nebraska at this point um, with their situation. But, um, you know, I just, I kind of, in the progression of the program under Frost, like this is one of those games where you feel like it, it's a big, a big chance to step up and show people how far you've come. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh, an aspect of this game that that I, I don't think many people are considering. But Scott Frost brought it up today, uh, today Thursday, as we tape, as Nebraska completed its its practices in Lincoln, and he talked about the kicker. Um, of course, last week Barrett Pickering was was out. Nebraska's scholarship kicker, returning starter, uh, the Huskers had to go to a true freshman walk on, Dylan Jorgensen. I thought he did all right, made his extra points. He kicked off all right, um, kicked a field goal a little low. It was blocked. Um, it sounds like they've been having tryouts in practice this week for that kicker spot. And Isaac Armstrong, the punter, has gotten a look. 
Um, they've even, even opened it up to some position players with experience who have kicked in the past. Um, I, don't, I don't think that bodes all too well um, for the quick return of, of Pickering. And, uh, you know, they want to give Jorgensen some competition. So in this series, historically, kickers have loomed large um, many times. And the one that you know, is maybe most fresh in people's mind is the 2008 game. Uh, where Alex Henry hit the school record 57-yard field goal. I was in the stands to, for that one. To win it. That was yeah, one of my was, last chances to be in the stands at a Nebraska game. That was an incredible moment. And, you know, if it comes down to something like that in Boulder, uh, you know, I don't I don't like Nebraska chances at all with a, with a tenuous kicking situation. There was there was a game in Boulder where Byron Bennett was pelted with snowballs um, as he attempted to kick a game-winning field goal that went awry. So That's right. um, yeah. keep an eye on the kicking position. And if it comes down to uh, something at the end, hope that Nebraska, uh, if you are a Nebraska fan, hope that Nebraska has uh, has has its uh, its stuff together with that position. So yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, I think that's, that, that's gotta be the message. I think if your frost is like, don't let it come to that, right. Don't let right, it come down right. to uh, one kick or one pressure situation on, on someone like, uh, like Jorgensen who hadn't been there before. So uh, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, so I, like, did you see the quote from the, uh, the Colorado uh, defensive back today from, from our own Nick Cosminer who covers, uh, who, who, who writes for the athletic Denver? Uh, give it to me. He said of, of defending Adrian Martinez, uh, if we make him pass, that's probably one of his weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you can look at that from week one and say that's the case. If you're watching film against South Alabama. If, if that's all the your... tape they watch, then yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. It, we, we have to keep him in the pocket and make him pass. If we make him pass, I feel like that's probably one of his weaknesses. Um, yeah, that's not, I mean, it's, that's just, that's not, that's not what it looked like last year. I, I don't think that's, that's the way <laughs> it's going to be when this thing all plays out uh, in, in 2019 with Adrian Martinez. But um, that's an interesting, interesting assessment of, uh, of Nebraska. He is going to go up against a, a defense that, uh, I mean, you know, Mel Tucker's, he wants to build a program that plays great defense and I'm sure they're going to throw some stuff uh, at, at Adrian Martinez that he probably hadn't seen before. And, and I think he's, I think he's got to be near the top of the list of like, just kind of how does he bounce back? Right. I mean, we talked, yeah. uh, in, in our previous podcast about, uh, Scott Frost and, and, and Mara Verduzco and those guys being very, very direct with him about how much better he needs to play. And, uh, so I think that the bounce back for him, I think will be uh, fascinating to watch and, and certainly they got to protect him. Yeah. Verduzco just laid it out there this week. Uh, after Wednesday's practice in Lincoln, Lincoln, saying that both he and Martinez were 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 bad in that first game. So um, I, I expect I expect Adrian to rebound, and uh, we will find out on Saturday. Okay, before we welcome in a very special guest, we'd like to give a shout out to one of the Big Big Ten podcasts on the Athletic. It's called Green and White Noise, our Michigan State series, hosted by Colton Pouncey and Chris Finini. Listen to Green and White Noise so that you have a fuller picture of the Big Ten landscape. The guys release episodes every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to click the follow button on the show's page and on the Athletic website or app. All right, we want to welcome in a very special guest today. You know him from Twitter, you know him from The Athletic and his popular advice column. He is Faux Polini joining us here on The Sellouts. Faux, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Mitch. Good, uh, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. It is great to have you on, and thank you so much for being the first guest on our relatively new podcast. Max, uh, I want you to start the questioning of 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 foe. We're gonna we're gonna chat with him for a while, but what is on your mind regarding the um, the persona that is Fopolini? 
No, I, I just want to start by saying, Fo, thank you. I mean, you've made all this possible. You know, in our first year at The Athletic, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and was like, oh, I just signed up for The Athletic because you guys have Fo Pelini now. And so you were the guy that uh, that was paying the bills for all of us from the start, man. So thank you for making all of this all of these things possible, man. Did you? How, how was that jumping into The Athletic when no one had really heard of it? And you, I'm sure you weren't totally sure if people were uh, willing to pay to... To read Fopalina. Yeah, no, it, it's been a really fun, fun process. I mean, I like everybody else. I didn't really know what the athletic would 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 become, or um, you know, what it would grow to, and had messed around with some some writing at some other sites. And um, when when Stu came and and suggested it, uh, it was really at the right time where I wanted to get a little bit more regular and serious about uh, about writing stuff and and contributing in the way that that uh, the athletic made possible. So. It's been a really, really fun ride, especially seeing how it's grown the last, even just the last year. It's been pretty, uh, pretty amazing, but really fun. It's been a good time. Why, why would you? Why did you want to do an advice column? If you can, if you can uh, share that with us, is it was it your idea? I got to tell you, it was. It, it came about in the first conversation I had with Stu, um, and I think that he suggested it first. It's something that I'd thought about over. Uh, over the year before. So when he threw it out there, the idea of an advice column, I really kind of jumped on it and um, thought it was a great idea since I've been something I'm thinking about. Um, he was kind of, the way he envisioned it originally was, you know, what if we had a bunch of fake, every week we'd have, you know, fake letters from, you know, uh, coaches, you know, like Kevin Sumlin uh, writing in to complain about, you know, anonymously about his quarterback or something like that. Um so he had a vision for it that was, you know, that we kind of talked through and um, finally landed on the idea of what if we just had, what if we just throw it out there, see what we get, you know, ask for real letters and real questions every week and and <laughs> go with it and um, really didn't know what to expect. And it's all really driven by the the questions that come in each week. So we really just kind of ended up with the idea of let's see what happens, see what we get and um, just try to have fun with, with each one as, uh, as a new batch comes in each week. For sure. It's, it's awesome. So, so now that you're at what, 670,000 followers on Twitter and stuff like how is, uh, how is the, the challenge of, uh, maintaining your, your relative, uh, anonymity been these last few years? It's been, you know, it, it's, it's the kind of thing that I do try to protect just because for, if for no other reason, it's just kind of easier, to do without, you know, people knowing who would, mm -hmm. uh, who's behind it. Um, and just kind of easier to manage like you know, work and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you know, what's interesting is I don't really think there's a lot of people that are out there trying to figure it out. Like if you really you probably shouldn't say this out loud, but if somebody really wanted to commit a bunch of time to figure it out, they probably could. Um, I think that people a challenge don't really want to know you know, um, it, or, or a lot of people think the idea of, you know, the anonymous of it, uh, or the anonymous element to it is, you know, you know, part of the fun. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if I was, I always say this, like if, if I was someone, you know, notable, like a former player or Tom Osborne or something like that, it would make a pretty cool story, but, um, you know, it's, it's nothing like that. I can sure assure, uh, assure people I'm a big, a you big are not Tom Osborne. Fan, you're telling us you're not Tom Osborne. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny, but I can come pretty close to denying that I'm Tom Osborne. 
<laughs> Interesting. All right, that um, what, checks one you, name. That crosses one name off the list. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm going to mark that down. <laughs> I mean, it, has there ever been a moment where you thought you were going to be outed? Uh, you know, be it on Twitter or in real life. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have. There's a. You know. There's a handful. There's a small bunch of people who know in real life. I actually had someone come in to uh, to where I work. Somebody, a coworker I had that came in. Um, this has been about a year and a half ago. Who said. Hey, is it true that you have, you know, a bunch of Twitter followers and that you're this coach on the internet? And I was completely thrown off guard and did not play it cool. Um, and was just like, what are you talking about? Where'd you hear that? It turned out that they, this person had talked to like at some random like work event had talked to a neighbor of mine who, uh, who knew and kind of spilled the beans. Um, so that was like a miniature not panic cool, by the thinking, way. like, this could be the thing, you know, this could be the moment where it all gets out. Uh, but for whatever reason, it, uh, it went away and she doesn't work here anymore. And, you know, <laughs> unrelated, I promise. But so what you're saying is you got them sent away essentially <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> Another thing I can't confirm or deny. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, uh, I also had, you know, a couple others that one or two other people that I've worked with that have, you know, know I'm a Nebraska fan who've recommended that I have to, you know, I should really follow Fopolini especially during games. And I just say, you know, I'm not really into Twitter. I'm not really into that stuff. Do you have an actual um, Twitter life in your, in your, in your real life? I mean, are you even on Twitter uh, or do you, or, or does Faux give you everything that you would possibly need uh, in your, in your Twitter lifestyle? Faux gives me everything I need in the sense that that is my Twitter account. I don't even have, I don't even have another one. Like I don't really have a personal one. So the stuff I follow like for news and other randomness is, um, is the actual, is the actual Fopalini account. So, you know, that's when, you know, probably most of the time I'm on Twitter, I'm just on Twitter like everybody else. But if I do see, you know, a story that'd be fun to comment on or whatever, throw a tweet out uh, about that's how I'll do it. But now oh, is my one and only Twitter account. So I live as him, you know, parts of every day. So, so, I got to ask, like, are you any closer to befriending Ndamukong Su at this point? <laughs> I feel like maybe I'm farther from it than I used to be. I mean, I haven't really interacted with him in a couple of years, and it's really sad. And if you guys could put in a word somehow, I'd really appreciate if we could somehow make that happen. I've I've suggested to him that we get together for brunch, that we go camping, that we spend time together in other ways, and... Uh, it's just really never worked. And the more I talk right now about it, the more I realize probably why it hasn't worked. It sounds a little bit weird, but, mm -hmm. um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if that day is ever going to come. I'd like to be his, I'm his Twitter best friend. I feel like, I don't know if he's mine, but I feel like, or I th feel like he's mine. I don't know if I'm his, but you know, maybe someday I'm not going to give up hope, but you know, it, it feels like we're, we've had a little distance between us that I'd like to fix if i could maybe in, i think in maybe you just go down to tampa with a with a boom box and do the john cusack thing, right? <laughs> hold it above I my mean, head at some point yeah play peter gabriel or whatever it is um <laughs> that's not a bad idea i'll keep that in mind great suggestion um we'll we'll, we'll keep that in mind how's that if you do it's <laughs> gonna have to be a part of the faux Pellini, 
uh, tweeting. I mean, I, I think that would be fantastic to actually capture that moment on video, you know, from behind. So we're not, yeah, right. not revealing, revealing your, your identity. I mean, yeah, you know, course. he's going to retire one of these days. I would think like he's got to be on the back end of his career Sue. So maybe in, in retirement, he will have, um, he'll have more time for you. I don't, I don't know what he'll do. I mean, if he's going to travel the world, um, but I, I think there would be opportunities there for you to, to, to certainly get closer to him. You, you feel like maybe you'll, you'll, You'll pursue him a little more when football's over? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we could be, I guess what I hear you saying is that there's a chance that we could be best friends when he starts traveling and we could go on vacations together and, and hang out yes. together. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that that, I hope that that will happen. It's never too um, late, man. It's never too yeah, late. I'll, I'll start tweeting at him more. You're reminding me, I don't really tweet at him enough. Maybe he feels neglected. I'll, I'll have to get back at that. So what you look back on the the rise of all this, like it, it is is Bo hoisting a cat is as good as it gets for you? Is it the cat on the road? I mean, what uh, what for you was like the moment when you're like, oh my gosh, this is uh, this is like kind of out of control. I think that that was probably a, that was probably a high point. The uh, the the tweet during the national championship game. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was 2014. Five years now. Wow. Um, but where he tweeted something about wanting his cat back or, or something along that line. Um, that was a high point where it just sort of up until that point, it just kind of felt like, you know, kind of a, a goofy, you know, r- random thing I would do every once in a while. Not that it, not that it ever became anything more than a goofy random thing I do every once in a while, but the idea that he was actually paying attention to it and aware of it and, uh, you know, took the time to tweet about it kind of made it, gave it a different dimension for me that seemed kind of uh kind of crazy that was a big moment i think when when he raised the cat at um at the spring game which i think was that same year i can't remember all this stuff but yeah i, I think so. yeah later that year that spring um that was big uh i actually have a little bit of trivia exclusive uh trivia for the athletic is that after Bo left uh, a couple of the guys with the uh, social media organization at at uh, at school at, at Lincoln sent me the leash that they had for uh, oh for that. So I have that somewhere. The, the, the cat had a wow. leash that I think they were planning to use or something. So I have a bright red cat leash somewhere in a drawer that I'll have to, you know, put on display someday. In the you know what you could wow. get for that on eBay? It's a great question. I guess I could, you know, put the story behind it and autograph it. That's not a bad idea. Revenue generating I, opportunity. Have you have you ever been fearful that Bo or I, I guess more likely Carl would <laughs> would come after you either either in, in person or in in like a um, in like a digital sense? Um, a great question. Uh, you're making me feel that way right now. So interesting to think about not really with Bo as much as I have thought about with Carl, like uh, I did give him a hard time. And I, there, there are moments when I feel there have been moments when I felt bad about it, but then I always get over it and do it again. Um, (laughs) That pattern will probably continue until I stop doing this. But uh, I think, you know, I don't know Carl and he does seem like an unpredictable cat so um that's something it's that that uh that i guess could happen he had i don't know if i've I've told the story a couple times but he joined twitter just like a year or two ago and the moment he joined twitter and like said hello 
you know, this is my first tweet or whatever. I had probably 15 or 20 immediate tweets from people saying, oh, my God, Carl Pliny's on Twitter. Carl Pliny's on Twitter. You have to go talk to him, tweet at him. So I figured I would, or at least I would just go check out his page and, you know, follow him and stuff. And I was already blocked, like, before he had sent like, his <laughs> second tweet. He had already blocked me. So that was our chance to get to know each other a little bit. Like, I could have messaged him and been his friends, but I guess it was just not meant to be. Yeah, I guess you always wonder, like, is he is he sitting there on his phone laughing and saying, like, oh, you know, this guy's pretty great. Or is he is he seeing the Carl tweets no. and uh, no. and saying you know when is it when is he when is he going to give me a break? I I wonder about that too. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's like an amazing sense of humor. Um, but you know I could be wrong about that. But I don't know. Maybe that's how well, maybe that's how this all ends. Is you know I he, I answer the door like at the end of the Sopranos final episode or something. I open the door and the last thing I see is Carl Pellini on my front porch and then it's over. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I he, he he does have a good sense of humor. I, I know from the days of, of of his time at Nebraska and from covering him a bit. And 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 you know, Max, you probably remember the fun that Carl had with KETV in Omaha and Matt Schick now of of ESPN. And and they they did some they did some fun stuff that involved Bo and involved involved Carl, but. It wasn't often that uh, I don't think his sense of humor works all that well when he is the um, the butt of the joke. So perhaps keep that in mind, Foe. <laughs> well, that may be something that gets in the way of our relationship then, because uh, half the stuff I say about him involves him running down the street naked or, you know, riding on the back of a truck with his shirt off or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, friendship is in our future. I guess we'll have to see. At the same time, though, it had to um, just like deeply warm your heart to see Bo and Carl reunite at Youngstown State. Well, it re- it it definitely warmed my Twitter height our heart since I knew that there'd be you know more to more to tweet about. There's something something cool about that, right? Something sort of poetic about that that they're mm-hmm. you know that brothers working together seem to be good football coaches. They seem to work well together. Uh, I kind of like that idea. Kind of like that idea of them, you know, being kind of under the radar, working together, shaping young minds, influencing a new generation of young Americans. It's good. I mean, it's impressive that you've been able to keep the thing going with Bo so so distant and so far far removed from Nebraska. Now, um, there there was refresh my memory a period of time when when Bo unceremoniously exited Lincoln that you considered, you know, just, just, just throwing in the towel that, you know, you yeah. could know, Fopolini could no longer be when Bo was not in Nebraska. What, why did you continue on? Yeah, that was my initial thought was, you know, after it happened, I got, I always assumed that would be the end of it and that would be a nice way to close it down. And so when he got, when he got fired, I was, you know, thinking what that, what would that look like? What would the, the final tweets, you know, what would the Bo, the Fopolini farewell look like? And I remember having the farewell a farewell conver- tour. Yeah, right. And then I had a conversation with actually a cousin of mine who I was having that, you know, saying like, "What do you think? Like, how how would you shut it down? How how should I shut it down?" And he his point was like, "You know, why would you do that?" And I said, "Well, you know, it's not like Bo. Like, what is it like the ghost of Bo tweeting during football games, or what would the character say now that he's at, not at Nebraska?" And he just looked at me with a weird look in his face. He said, "It's just Twitter. It doesn't have to make sense." Like nobody has to totally 
you know, nobody has to like have a plan and get like, you know, uh, you know, register a like, handle. Hey guys, here's the stuff. theme of this Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I thought that was a good point and figured let's just keep it alive and maybe it'll last another month. Maybe it'll last another six months. And here we are 2019. Well, that's, that's, uh, I, it's, it's amazing that it's, uh, that it's grown and grown too. I it must kind of like floor you that like, oh, you're still added adding followers at this point in time. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, uh, especially when it's football season, it's, it's fun again to you know, start tweeting during games and, and doing it more of a, as a Nebraska fan than, uh, than anything else. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's, um, it's definitely been a fun ride, a weird ride, but it's a, it's a good time. So, so what are your, you know, in, since Nebraska is going out to Boulder this week, like kind of what, where are you at with Colorado? What are your memories of, of playing Colorado's over the years? Garrett Nelson said that Colorado gets his piss hot. Does, you know, how does it affect <laughs> the heat of your piss, I guess, playing Colorado uh, and I'd that say, rivalry? I'd say it. I don't say it's a boiling urine point boiling point of urine maybe like a very like definitely warmer than lukewarm you know maybe like mm-hmm. uncomfortable to touch uh sure. kind of thing this is the most i've talked about urine temperature by the way probably ever but um i'd say that probably you know nice and hot but uh i think okay. this is i think this is a fun game um i think that you know it's a it's a good old rival it's always felt a little bit like an unhealthy rivalry like the oklahoma one was fun um even with all the disappointment that barry switzer created over the years like the texas thing had like a mostly healthy thing to it although that was really new but the colorado one just always seemed to have like bad blood and just people not liking each other and that that makes it fun in its own way so um revisiting that a little bit i think is kind of kind of cool kind of fun also makes you miss the old you know days of the big a and the big 12 and um you know some of those games that were even when it's an unhealthy rivalry, it's still got, you know, history and it's got, you know, that kind of stuff that the big 10 still doesn't really have. And that's probably for me. Yeah, the is thing Fo, that's missing is the Fo most. more angry at, at Colorado than, than he is at Iowa or, or how does he reconcile the, the those two <sighs> games being on the schedule in the same year? Right. Uh, I would say, I would say, Fo looks down on Iowa more than Colorado. So he probably, Fo probably hates Colorado more than Iowa. The persona is kind of looking down on Iowa, I think, more um, unjustifiably, probably. But uh, that's kind of the kind of the theme there. But yeah, there's a lot of, Fo's got a lot of hate. You know, Fo is a character, has a lot of hate in his heart. There's a lot of hate to go around, put it that way. Well, that's good. We'll be looking forward on on Saturday to some great faux uh, tweets during the Nebraska Colorado game in Boulder. So, um, Max, should we use this to uh, to move into our our game predictions? And we want to keep we want to keep faux with us as as we talk about uh, what we think will happen in in Boulder and get and get your prediction too. So, um, be thinking about that as as Max and I go through quickly what we think is going to happen in this game, Max. Uh, how are you seeing this? Uh, you are going to be half a country away, uh, of course, at, at Clemson. But uh, what do you think happens at Folsom Field? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Like I was looking back on last year's game and looking at some of the numbers behind it. And and I, I looked at Bill Connolly, who from ESPN, he does a great job um, with his advanced stats. And, and you go back and look at last year's game 
And according to his system, Nebraska should have won that game uh, 96% of the time, and it should have been a 16-point win. So I feel like... uh, uh, you know, I I feel like when you have a game like that that you let slip, like I, I imagine that's bugged them for a year. As as Daniels told you, he you know his coach doesn't like Colorado, so he doesn't like Colorado. Like I, I kind of think the hate and and the regret from last year fuels them. I, I think they can win this game. I want to say like thirty eight, thirty one. I do think it will be competitive. I think it'll be close. I'd be surprised if Nebraska ran away with it. Um, but I, I think they take care of this one, and I think uh, it's a good statement. Maybe maybe they don't blow everyone away, but it's a good statement that they've uh, they've taken a big step in the right direction. Yeah, you know, I've struggled this week that? in looking at it and in, in wondering if I should think about Nebraska as the team that I envisioned it would be all through the offseason, or if I should think about Nebraska as the team that I saw last week against South Alabama. That is the, the, the um, obvious conflict here as the Huskers get ready to go to Boulder and, and try to win the first road game for Scott Frost. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm leaning toward, or I guess I'm falling on the side of, of believing what I, what I learned and what I thought I knew during the off season. So, you know, I, I think, you, you know, you get all those advanced metrics and everything. And I understand the 96% that you quoted um, Nebraska turns it over twice in the first half of the first quarter like it did last season in Lincoln and you know all of the all of these um, predictions are, are out the window and and you know it's Colorado's game sure. as it was a year ago uh, I don't think Nebraska has the same kind of statistical edge that it did on the buffs uh, this time around um, not because Nebraska isn't as good or Colorado is 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 better. I just think that game was a little bit of an anomaly in the way that it played out. I mean, Nebraska dominated the line of scrimmage. I think they can have an edge there, but not quite as as great as what we saw a year ago. So um, I also don't think it's going to be as high scoring as what a lot of people feel. I think people looked at the at the Colorado offense last week and um, you know saw saw them operating against a very bad Colorado State team. So I, I think I'm I'm, I'm going to say Nebraska thirty one twenty seven. And, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I maintain that it is uh, an extremely important game for Nebraska, more so even than, than the Ohio State game coming up in week five as far as their overall progress and confidence goes through the, through the early season. So, um, Foe, what say you about this game? Yeah, agree. I like Nebraska to win as well. I'll go 32-24. Um, yeah, I think like a lot of fans I had, you know, disappointment about how they looked last week, but I think a lot of that just had to do with expectations and you get yourself sort of, I'm actually writing about that today, but over the summer you get yourself sort of brainwashed into that frame of mind that by kickoff on the first day, you just think anything's possible and it can almost never live up to the hype. So I don't think they were as bad as they looked last week at times. I don't think they're as good as we had brainwashed ourselves into thinking they are. But uh, I think they're good enough and they're getting better. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, this season's going to be um, kind of frustrating at times, likely just because it's an unfinished product. But this this feels like a winnable game and should be a satisfying winnable game. So that's your prediction. What's Foe's prediction for this game? Foe's prediction would be probably more like, you know, 49 to 10 Nebraska with okay. lots of yeah. embarrassing turnovers and fan incidents and, you know, stuff like that happening with the great unwashed, terrible fans that Colorado has. Ralphie peeing on the field, all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of exactly. 
Hopefully that hey, happens. Fo, your thoughts on Youngstown versus Howard this week? <laughs> I haven't, I've not even begun to break that down. I usually wait until um, Fridays to break down the Youngstown uh, game. So you guys are just missing me this week. Maybe next time. Okay. Okay. Maybe next time. Yeah. Penguins big. I got to I got to say the Penguins, Penguins are going to win that one in a, in a runaway. So I like it. Too. Um, we'll go with that. We will be on the lookout for Ralphie um, and his hot piss on the field. I'm glad <laughs> we could work that into uh, yet another episode of the sellouts. And thank you so much for for joining us and your uh, um, all of your great work that you do for the athletic. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's it for this episode. We'd like to thank Fo Polini for joining us. Thanks to you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe to our show, like the podcast, tell your friends about it. We'll be back on Monday. Listen to that show exclusively on the Athletic app and website in the podcast section or in the Nebraska football feed. And as a reminder, our Friday show every week is available for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.